Welcome back to another episode of the Dating Dossier. Happy Friday Eve, everyone. Um, I don't know about you, but it's been a rough week. It was a rough week by Monday. Jolie almost took my laptop down with her. From the top, start with a story. This is about you. We're going to start with a story about Jolie. So I was walking Jolie today for our afternoon walkies. And I do a lap like around my apartment building, but not just around, not just around the apartment building, but around like an empty or parking garage. It's for the businesses next to the apartment building. I like to do this whole thing. That's what I always do. So I was doing my normal like lap with Jolie, our normal lap. She likes to poop in the same spot. She likes to poop in a very specific piece of grass. Um, and she does it like every time, like sometimes if we have to do a short walkies, like I'll just take her right to that specific spot and she'll poop. Um, well today when I went around the back of the parking garage, stop it. You already ruined my life earlier today. Um, there was a very attractive dude working out um, back there. Because it's like there's trees blocking it from the road. None of the apartments can see it from there. Because like I said, it's the empty parking garage across from businesses. And it's on the other side of the parking garage so the businesses can't see it. So actually, like unless someone is driving around the back, which people really don't, um, or people like me who are walking their dog, really not a lot of people are going to see you. So... It was a smart move on his part. Um, but he's working out, and he's, like, a, you know, not he's not wearing a shirt. Like, he's, like, built enough to not wear a shirt, whatever. So I do what I usually do and pretend I don't see him. So I just am, I have my sunglasses on, so it's fine. I'm listening to my music, um, and it's going great. And then, literally, we are, like, He's walking towards, we're walking towards each other, and right when we're, like, meeting up, Jolie decides that she's going to poop, and it's not in her normal spot. It's in a different spot. So she takes a poopy right in front of this dude, which is like, oh, yeah, dogs poop. It's not that embarrassing. But, like, there's just something very humbling about bending down to pick up your dog's poop, and now the image of you, like, holding your dog's poop in your hand, in a bag, but in your hand, um, is now there. So that was, that was really fun. That was really fun for me. Um, not as bad as the time she pooped in a PetSmart store, but this is up there. So anyway, uh, last week I asked you guys for your dating questions. So I thought we would just go ahead and go through those and keep in mind, like, I'm going to answer these, but they may not be, like, the answers, right? Does that make sense? Okay, so I had two, like, really similar questions. One said bio recommendations, so, like, on the dating app, like, recommendations for the bio, 
And another one said, I get like no matches on dating apps. What am I doing wrong? So the bio recommendation question came from a lady listener and the I get no matches came from a dude listener. And the only reason I make that differentiation is because I hear from a lot of my guy friends that they just do not get a lot of matches or at least not as many as like me or my friends who are girls looking for dudes. Um, So I think it's an overall, like it's an overarching rule that guys will have less matches. So even though that may not be like the news you want to hear, it's not just you. And I know when I hear that it's not just me, that makes me feel a little bit better. So hopefully that helps a little bit. So it's not just you. It tends to kind of be an overarching rule with guys in general that they just get less message, um, less matches. So from there, let's talk about your dating profile. Now, I like I've said before, I use Tinder, Hinge, and Bumble, and I have pros and cons to all three. Like, and personally, like I'm still super single. I haven't found real winners off any of them. So it just like depends. Um, I have friends who have had success on one versus the other. It just, it's going to run the gamut. So for the three dating apps for Tinder, your bio is totally up to you. Like there are no questions. There are no, um, like you have to fill this out to proceed. You could leave it empty if you want to. Now that's what I do not recommend. Um, what I would actually recommend is taking some of the hints from Hinge and Bumble. So on the opposite end of that spectrum, so Tinder, you, your bio is totally free for all. Like I said, you could leave it empty if you want to, but I don't recommend that. Hinge on the other end of that spectrum is really thorough. Like you, you can answer a lot of questions on Hinge. Like you answer, um, what is like your funniest traveling or your craziest traveling story. And for me, I have getting lost in London on New Year's and that opens up a lot of conversations. I get a lot of messages, excuse me. I get a lot of messages just saying like, oh, cool. What's that story? So it kind of hands an opener to the other person. That is a bonus of having something in your bio. You don't want to leave it blank because I don't know. Honestly, like when I see a blank profile, especially on Tinder, it like you just look like a fuck boy. Um, and I also tend to believe like don't go super sassy with it. Like I see the line all the time, six one because apparently that matters. Like the height, and then because apparently that matters. Like if it matters to your matches, they'll probably ask in the first two messages anyway. So I don't know, save the attitude for that. I wouldn't include it in, if you're going to include it in your bio, like go ahead and include it, but don't have that like sassy message. Also don't have anything that in there that says like, I don't even know why I have this app or oh, back on Tinder or I get like no matches. I don't know what I'm doing. Any kind of negative, like self-deprecating language in the bio is usually going to turn people away. 
because they're going to be like, man, they seem super mopey. Even if it reads funny in your head, like even if you mean it to be funny, it usually doesn't translate in the bio, but you can save those comments for the conversation. Um, let's see. Another one is you can think about fun facts about you. Like a fun fact about me is that I can say my alphabet backwards. And so I use that fun fact. You want to, what you want to do with your bio is include things that will be a conversation starter because it makes it a lot easier for the other person. Um, let's see here. Um, like on Bumble, I have like, I quote too much and mine is from Silence of the Lambs. And it's also kind of a test to see if they read the bio at all. Um, cause a lot of dudes don't, but when they do, they're like, what do you mean you quote from Silence of the Lambs? And I'm like, yeah, the first line of the movie is Starling Crawford wants to see you in his office. Um, so that's what I recommend for bios is not leaving it blank, fill it out, choose things that can be a fun fact. If I don't really have a lot of luck with Hinge, but I do like some of their questions. So you can take some of the questions and answers and just put them in your bio. Like nobody's going to judge you for that, but you definitely want something in there. It's also a numbers game and it depends on your area. Um, you're going to get different matches on different apps depending on where you are. So that could be a suggestion as well. If you have no matches, if you're only on one app, maybe try a couple of different ones and, you know, see how your matches go there. Also mess with your distance. So start it out at one mile, then five mile, then 10, then 15, then 25. I mean, if you live out in the boondocks, you might have to set it to 25 miles. And folks who like live out in the boondocks with me know that like 25 miles is really not that bad. Uh, but if you live in more of a urban, like populated city area, yeah, you're not going to want 25 miles because it's going to be a pain in the butt in rush hour. So that's something to consider too, is check on your distances. Um, so the bio, make sure you have some fun facts in there, check your distance, try multiple apps. Also the photos, you don't want to have all of the same thing. So some don'ts for photos on dating apps would be only having one picture, especially if that picture doesn't include your face. Like that is sending one message and it's sending it loud and clear. And I honestly want to know their success rate with that. Like I really, like I wish I could just kind of poll the guys who just have a shot of their abs and they're like, picture will come later. Cause like I'm a secret agent. Like, no, you're not. You're just a douchebag. But uh, I just want to know the success rate for those matches. So you want multiple pictures and you want multiple kinds of pictures. Having a selfie is totally okay. Again, in my opinion, having a selfie is totally okay. But if you have five selfies and no like full body, no group shots, anything, I don't know. It kind of, to me, how I interpret that is uh, trying to hide something. I'll say with dudes, when they're looking at girls' profiles, because I see this online all the time, their thoughts, if they only see selfies for a girl, is that she's quote-unquote fat. So that's what they think. For dudes, I think it's more like he's super self-conscious or doesn't go out that much. And for me, like I'm looking for someone who can like go out and have fun. Um, 
So you don't want that. You also don't want all group photos because it can be a pain in the butt trying to figure out which one you are. So here's what I recommend. If I recommend having a single photo of just you, like doing whatever as your first picture, then a selfie, then a group shot. That way you have the full body, then you have the selfie, then you have the group photo. Don't have a group photo and probably don't have a selfie unless it's like cool. Like unless you're like, you know, skiing and you're selfie at the top of the mountain, you know, there are exceptions to this rule. But if you're just like on your couch taking a selfie, you don't want that as your main picture. And you don't want the group photo as your main picture because if people are swiping quick, they're going to swipe left on the group photo because they don't want to take, they, they don't want to try and figure out who you are in the group photo. So pictures are a big thing too. Also, if you have your social media linked, make sure you're using recent pictures because if you have your social media linked and they go through and scroll your Instagram really quick and see that all of your photos are like three, four plus years old, then they're going to think, what do you look like now? Like, what's the deal? Um, And I know, like, we don't all do super fun things, like, all the time. So having a couple older pictures in there from, like, where you were doing something super cool, I personally think is acceptable. You just want to make sure the majority, like, you have, like, one off is old, and then the majority of your other photos um, are newer. So those are some recommendations. If you guys want more specific examples or if that was helpful, not helpful, please let me know. Again, these answers are like coming from my opinion. So that's what I say from my opinion. Um, Okay, so a couple more questions. Um, This is a really good one. Someone asked, where are some places that should be off limits to go to on a first date thinking safety. So for first dates, um, you can do like what you want, number one, like whatever you want. You know, nobody can tell you what to do. Do whatever you want. But I would say do not, like don't have them I don't know. I like, I want to say don't have them come to your place because then they know where you live, but also don't go to their place as a meeting. If you guys go out on a date and it's a six hour date and you're really feeling each other, make your decision then. Um, I mean, I always joke that I don't want to end up on one of my true crime podcasts, but I would say don't like go to each other's houses because that also sets it up to be a Netflix and chill relationship and I always say, like, if you're that casual from the jump, like, it's not going to get better. Like, you're not, like, if someone wants to Netflix and chill from the jump, they're not going to, on date three, be like, okay, let's go cliff diving. You know what I mean? So I would say don't go to each other's places just because, personally, I think it sets the tone too casually. Now, if that is what you are down for, like, do it. Like I said, do whatever you want. But if that's not what you're down for and you're thinking of first date ideas, I would say don't go to each other's place, um, even if they, you know, say they're going to cook you dinner. Because guess what? He may offer to cook you dinner and then he is going to be in love with pirates. You know, we can get surprised at any uh, turn. So another, let's see, another idea for first dates in terms of safety. I, I personally 
like when a guy picks me up for a first date because to me it shows a little bit of effort. But what I would do in that case is make sure you know where you're going before they pick you up. So I would not go on a first date with the dude driving me if he did not tell me where we were going. Like if he wanted it to be a surprise. And I get how like, how can it be a surprise if like you drive yourself? Um, But maybe just like don't have surprises on the first date. I would say he, to me, like I said, I like to be picked up because I think it shows a little bit of effort. Um, and otherwise, like, I just think it's awkward when you're like sitting in your car and you're like, Hey, I'm here. And they're like, Hey, I'm here too. And it's like, Oh, what are you driving? Oh, what are you driving? It's just like weird. It's been weird every time I've done that. So I prefer to get picked up, but I always know where I'm going and tell someone where you're going, tell a friend, tell a parent, tell somebody. I always tell my mom, cause I know she would be really quick to call the police, um, for good or bad. So she always knows where I'm going. Um, Because I don't want to be, you know, tied in somebody's basement for 48 hours. Like, if that's going to happen, I need it to be for, like, an hour and then the cops show up. So, always know where you're going. Tell somebody where you're going. If plans change, tell somebody. Like, tell somebody. Um, That would be my recommendation. I also like knowing where I'm going because I'll look at the menu ahead of time and kind of pick what I want. And also pick up, like, pick some backup options. And I don't know, that's like a trick that I use because I feel like a lot of times you're so busy talking that you don't really look at the menu. But if you've already looked at it beforehand, you're kind of like set to go. And then you don't have the panic of trying to choose when you're there. Maybe that's just me. Maybe that's like my own little <laughs> weird panic thing. Um, I would not personally do a first date like that was really strenuous like I wouldn't go hiking on a first date um just because you could get hurt and you don't know this person and I'm not saying they're gonna leave you out in the woods for dead but you don't know that I mean technically I guess you don't know that for a long-term relationship either but at at that point like everyone knows who you're dating and anyway I won't go down that trail but I probably wouldn't do anything like extraneous like that. Um, and I would definitely try to go somewhere public. One thing I like to do for a first date is plan something, um, in a location that if it's going well, we can still hang out without having to go back to somebody's place. So if you're going to go to the movies, maybe choose a theater that's like in a town center where you can go get drinks after, or if you're going to, go, um, to get dinner, maybe pick somewhere that has like, um, ice cream nearby that you can walk to or sit outside. You know, I like to try and do stuff like that so that you can extend the date if you want to, but not again, make it super casual by Netflix and chill. In other terms of safety places, I wouldn't go. Um, I wouldn't go, somewhere with like a big group of his friends for the first date because to me personally I think it would be weird to like I'm not talking you've been you know communicating for the six months during COVID and then your first date is 
a group thing. That, I think, is an extenuating circumstance that will be new. But I'm talking, if you guys match, you know, 48 hours, ask you out, and the first date is like a cookout or a friend's party or something like that, I don't know. I wouldn't do that for safety because that is going to really put the power in his court because he's going to be uh, most likely in a place he's familiar with, with people he's familiar with, and you are not familiar with either. So you're going to be you're going to be outnumbered in an unfamiliar place. And I just wouldn't, I wouldn't want to put myself in that kind of situation. I can see where it's appealing. Like you think it's cute. Like, oh my gosh, he likes me so much that he's going to invite me to this thing. Like that's so cool. But I don't know. I'm just going to tell you, like, he doesn't know you enough to like really want to invite you there. So I think he just wants like the arm candy or doesn't want to go alone. Like I would not be somebody's wedding date as a first date. And I'm sure there's people who have had that happen and like it worked out fine. I just, when the question asked safety specific, these are some things I would keep in mind. You want to have some power in terms of being familiar where you are, um, know where you're going, not an extraneous activity and not a group on his part. So those are just some things I would keep in mind for safety. Um, another question. So this is another first date question. So what are some questions not to ask on a first date? And I feel like this is such like, this is such a great question, but it's also, I know I have differing opinions with my friends. So I'm going to guess that this can really swing the gamut of um, answers just in terms of like, what's appropriate and what's not to ask on a first date. I mean, I think the conversation can go wherever it's going to go naturally. Like you can let the conversation go, but I would try to stay away from like turning it into an interrogation. What I will say is that you don't need to discuss your numbers or like your body count with anyone because so this is like, I think mostly advice for my ladies. If he asks what your body count is, um, A, he doesn't need to know it's none of his business. And B, he is most likely the type of dude who will judge you for it. Because if he legitimately doesn't care, then why the heck is he asking? Just think about that. If he doesn't care, if he genuinely doesn't care, like he's cool, he doesn't care, like I, won't, I don't want to feel any different about you then why is he asking? Like, why did it come up at all? Unless you like brought it up and then just do you girl. But that's not something I would entertain, especially on a first date. Um, let's see. I would try not to get too personal too quickly because what I have found in my own experiences and seeing what my friends go through the, and it's one of the rules the faster a dude gets serious, like if he, too serious, too fast, like the faster he seems serious. So if you guys go over like all the trauma in your lives on the first date, it doesn't necessarily mean that you are, um, going to like work. You know what I mean? I think that if someone kind of lays out everything that's ever happened to them, 
on a first date, in my experience, those relationships don't last very long. I've gotten a couple dates after that, but they usually don't last very long because that person like hasn't learned boundaries. So they kind of, I don't know, they have some work to do on themselves. So someone who lays out like all their trauma on the first date, I just would be wary of it. And, you know, the question was questions not to ask. So maybe, you know, not try to go there. Again, the conversation is going to go where it's going to go. I'm just saying, I'm just pointing out like the signs and stuff I've seen. Um, I... I don't know. I feel like you on the first date, you don't need to get super serious. But I think other people would argue with me about like get your deal breakers out of the way. Um, for me, probably finding out if they smoke like that would be an important one to ask. That would be a deal breaker on a first date. But you'll probably also like see it or smell it. Um, let's see. This is a hard question. Like, things not to ask on a first... Because I can think of a lot of things to ask. Um, but in terms of things not to ask, that is... That is so... That's a really good one. Um, I don't know, actually. I feel like... I might have to come back to that one because I really can't think of a lot to not ask. I can just think of a lot of questions to ask, I guess. Um, so good job. You, you stumped me. So let's move on to our next question. This one says, what constitutes cheating, where to draw the line, and how to respond to that? So I think this question, this is a great question. I think there are a couple parts to it as well. So I, I think there are different definitions of cheating, and that can be dependent on your relationship. And I hope people don't, like, cancel me for that. Um, there are some people who view cheating as, like... I don't know, a silly example would be like somebody, they have a Snapchat streak score with someone, you know, it can run from that, like, all the way to someone, like, having an affair. So, I think that's a conversation to have with your partner, for sure, Um, and kind of see where you guys draw the line Um, I will say one thing about cheating is if they cheat for you, they will probably cheat on you. I know there are examples of like, oh, he fell in love with his secretary. Now they've been married for 50 years. But remember, guys, um, guys and gals, sorry, I need to stop using guys across the board. Um, But remember, from he's just not that into you normally we are the rule not the exception though so the exceptions exist but we have to remember that for by and large we are the rule so if they would cheat for you to get in the relationship they will most likely cheat on you so that's something to keep in mind from the jump um that's not to say people can't change and that you know once a cheater always a cheater you know it's just 
those are things we hear and you kind of have to just rule number one trust your gut you you know do what you got to do and then once it stops making you happy once it stops working for you just know when that time comes and when it's time to walk away and just feel confident in that decision um if not happy but confident in terms of what I think are kind of strict lines of cheating um I think if they're texting explicit like sexually explicit um messages or photos I would consider that cheating personally I would have a problem with that especially if they were trying to hide it if you feel the need to go through someone's phone there's probably a reason for it and you're you're not gonna like what you're gonna find and just be prepared for that you're not gonna like the answer to that question um so just know that if you feel the need to go through your partner's phone you're probably gonna see something you don't want to see and usually it can go like a few different ways but usually be like I'm sorry I'll never do it again la 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 and really the only thing you can do is rely on time and see but you know you just got to do it feels good if you are like nope I am cutting and running hell yeah you got the support if you want to hang on and let them prove themselves that they can change go ahead you know you got to do what makes you happy first and foremost Um, and you're gonna get different advice from every person you ask and Amanda who was on the show we were talking about and I'm not sure if it was the episode that got recorded or the one that got locked on my work laptop but she and I talked about how it also depends on how you present your scenario um that'll kind of determine folks reaction so if you present it like oh my gosh he like he's cheating on me they're gonna be like oh fuck that guy Blah, blah, blah. But if you present it like, you know what, he's apologized, he's done things, they may have a different reaction. So also keep that in mind when you invite other folks into the circle of your relationship. So I would consider the texting and the pictures cheating. Now, the p- person who wrote the question didn't give me examples of what <laughs> was going on, um, but I just think that's a common one that I think a lot of folks usually forgive and try to move past. And I haven't heard of like a ton of times when... It's worked out, but if it has, like, let me know. I would love to know those numbers. You guys know me. I love data. Um, let's see. I wouldn't say commenting on Instagram is cheating. I don't know if anybody would ever consider that cheating. That could be that I might sound super silly right now, but if it makes you upset, like definitely have a conversation with your partner. That's bottom line. Like if it makes you upset, have a conversation with your partner. It doesn't matter what the rest of the world considers it. It's your relationship. You make the rules. Well, two of you um, make the rules. You've got to decide what feels good for that relationship. Um, let's see. What else could be considered? I mean, other than like actually having a, an affair. Um, that's like super cheating. But the question was like, where do you draw the line? Um, and then, you know, how do you respond to that? I would have a conversation with them. You may need to take time to walk away, cool down, and then have a conversation. Um, Because I know for me, I would want to sound articulate. And I don't know if I could in the time at the moment that I found out because I would be so upset. Um, You may also want to pull in 
some advice I would recommend from a therapist, um, but a trusted friend, family member, pull in some advice from someone um, on how to go through it. So I do hope you have a support system. That's why support systems outside of your relationship are so, so, so important. And you want to continue to foster those even if you are in a relationship. Um, And like I said, you can choose to cut and run or you can choose to try and work on your relationship. Um, I think, like I said, there can be so many factors going on and it's so dependent on the different relationships and the different dynamics that are going on. I don't know that there's ever an excuse, um, but folks will get really creative with them. <laughs> that I know. Um, but yeah, I think, I think the problem is the foundation of any relationship. And I think every single like romance movie that's ever existed says this, but the foundation of any relationship is trust. And once the trust is broken, you've got a big problem, like just a big, big problem. And so you have to work to rebuild that trust. Sometimes it's not possible. Sometimes it is possible and you can come back even stronger. But the bottom line is that trust factor. So working on rebuilding that would be, I think, the, um, the, the response, the way to go. I can't really say, like, I'm not, like, a licensed therapist or anything, um, even close to that. I would love to talk to one. If anybody has one to recommend to me, I would love to talk to you, especially about things like this. Um, but yeah, that was a, that was a great question. I hope I answered that with my examples. Um, maybe I did, maybe I didn't. I'm not, I'm not sure. Um, so yeah, so those were some questions that I got a little bit different direction than listener files, which I'm still looking for. So keep sending those in. Um, I can't wait to do the next episode where I will be reading those live so you can hear my real reaction. Um, I also had a super fun interaction the other day, which I'll just tease this um, because I think I'm going to talk about it on the top of the next episode. But uh, I will let you know if you didn't on Snapchat, it gives you a notification when you screenshot. Well, I thought I could be clever and start recording my screen and then open Snapchat, but Snapchat definitely sends a notification that the screen is being recorded. So, which is good, I guess, for privacy reasons, but bad because I was trying to record the responses of a dude who was popping off because I said, LOL. Um, And then he's popping off because he's always recording the screen. So, uh, that was fun. And I will run through that. That's a little bit of a teaser to get you guys psyched for next episode. Uh, but this one, I wanted to go over some questions. So continue to send those in on Instagram, the dating dossier and to my email at the dating dossier spelled T H E D A T I N G D O S S I E R at gmail.com. And Hopefully, I'll hear from you next week. 